You're listening to an Anderson Entertainment production. This episode, we're making a return in Fab Facts. We're making movie magic in the randomizer. And it's game on for Ellen Rose. Oh, that's all coming up in pod 233. I mean, I'm game ready. I mean, I'm game for anything. On the Jerry Anderson podcast. Let's get started. Let's go. Spectrum is green. The Jerry Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson and Richard James. Well, hello there. Oh, hello. Hello. I've been wanting, actually, it's a bit, I was doing a bit Leslie Phillips there, but yeah. sadly he died a few weeks ago now, he didn't did, he? Very yeah. sad, that was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Anyway, let's not start on a bum note. No, uh, don't do that. My name is Jamie Lionel Anderson. I thought you weren't going to start on a bum note. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Richard James. Uh, well, hang on, what about the N? Richard N. James. Richard Einstein James. That's the one. Excellent. And later on, we'll also be joined by Chris... Dalek Dale. Um, it's not his actual <laughs> middle name. I don't it's actually know what Chris's middle name is. What, Dalek Dale? Yeah. Yes, I think it might well be. Anyway, this is the Jerry Anderson podcast. We talk mm. all things Jerry Anderson for about 90 minutes yep. and we do the same thing every blooming week. Mostly. Come yeah. rain or shine or yeah. rehearsals or yeah. travel or whatever. And somehow yeah. we've managed to do it for the last 232 weeks. And this is the 233rd week of the wow. podcast. Bonkers. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Anyway, yeah. uh, mm. as you remember from last week, Richard James... Yeah? <laughs> what? We are now playing a game for oh. the next few weeks where I have a, a, a die... Right. ...the singular there of dice is. in a yes. box here. Okay. And that matches up with now five remaining styles of introduction. Oh. So here we go. I mean, uh, you didn't ask me about any of this. No forewarning, <gasps> nothing. Oh, well, it number could be one. anything, but that doesn't matter, does it? You didn't tell us what number one this was is going the to be before you point. wrote it. Oh. Shush. Number one <sighs> is in the style of Trevor McDonald introducing what? the news at 10. Oh, God. Really? I mean, so. Oh. Uh, let me do that. Coming up soon. Fab Facts, in which Jamie flicks through Fab Facts, and I shout Fab, Jerry Anderson News News News, which is news from the Jerry Anderson Universe, part two of an interview with Ellen Rose, YouTuber extraordinaire, Chris Dale's amazing randomizer, and finally, all sorts of input from our Podstrons. How's that? Wow. I you mean, were taken aback by that, weren't you? I was, I was, hey? I was holding you my see? breath because I it was know. so captivating. There you go. There you go. I think that might be my favourite oh, e- episode well, done it twice. intro ever. No, oh, I because, see. because we've done other okay. styles yeah, before. Yeah, but yeah all right. I, I think this format point might stick, you know. Well, it, we've only got four weeks left, so it can't stick for long. Well, I'll come it? up with another six, won't I? Oh, 
What do you mean come up? I, you haven't even come up with six of this time. I've You're come literally up with six. just rolling a dice and then telling me to do it in a certain way. <laughs> you might as well just knock out the dice. Just not have the dice bit. And well, just say, well, do it like Trevor McDonald. You might as well accuse me of not even having a dice and in fact just putting a dry white board marker in a lid <gasps> inside a box. But that would be a ridiculous thing to say because of course oh. I've got a dice and a, of course I've got four more styles wow. in which you can do this thing. Wow. Anyway... Right. Shall we <laughs> shall we move on I to see. the Fab Facts Yes, group? I think you ought to, and think about what you've done. <laughs> okay, here's Fab Facts. Naughty boy. Now, time for this week's Fab Facts. Fab Facts, yep. I've got a book of yep. facts which yep. are potentially fab. Fab. But they're chosen at random by a strange method where I flick through pages of them... And Richard shouts fab, stopping me at a random point in the book of fab facts. And then I read you the fact, and hopefully you will find it fab, because Richard James certainly does find it fab. Right, moving on. Richard, are you ready? I'm ready, yes. Here we go. Fab! Whoa, we almost got to the end of the book! (laughs) What? I thought it was quite quick. It was, but I mistakenly flicked very quick. Have you got a dry thumb? Um... No, it's sort of medium to dry. It's, you know, it's not moist, nor is it dry. Anyway, this week's Fab Facts. Yeah. I think you're going to quite like this one. All right. Richard James. Yes. Do you know about the Forbidden Planet? Yes. No, not the one from Fireball XL5. Oh, right. Okay. No. Are you sure you've never heard of Forbidden Planet? Well, uh, it's a uh, film. Very good. good. I was hoping you were going to go for the retail store first, but don't worry. Oh, Uh, yeah. I'm not even referring to the 1956 Technicolor Oscar-nominated Forbidden Planet that was based on Shakespeare's The Tempest that provided a huge influence on Star Trek. Yes. But in a strange way, this fab fact connects all three. The store, the Fireball XL5 episode. Yep. And... The movie. What? The Tempest? Oh, I see. (laughs) I'm glad you're paying attention. (laughs) This ca- in this case, though, we are yes. talking to talking about right. Return to the Forbidden Planet. Ah, I know that. Yes, it's the fabled follow-up Th- that's to right. the 1956 film. Unlike the original, this production was a jukebox musical, jam-packed with hit songs from the early days of rock and roll, such as Great Balls of Fire, yes. Teenager in Love, yes. and Monster Mash. Still waiting for the Jerry Anderson connection. All right, hang yes, on. Yes, yes, go on. The characters include a mad scientist, a roller skating right. robot, right. and a heroic starship captain named Tempest. Yes. There's there's a bit of a link, right? Yes. The plot itself is a kind of loose mashup of the same material as its predecessor and the Shakespearean original. Right. It has a goofier, campier style. Mm. Uh, for those of you who have never seen the, the original Forbidden Planet... There are no rock songs in it at all. That's true. Sorry, spoiler still, there. Spoiler, um, but yeah. Still waiting for the Jerry Anderson connection. Hang on. Return to the Forbidden Planet was originally assembled in 1983 and was staged several times in various forms before catching the eye of a West End producer. Uh-huh. In 1989, writer and director Bob Carlton was preparing to launch at the Cambridge Theatre. Nice. Now... Bob needed some sequences of special effects to be projected on a big screen behind the actors to maximise uh-huh. production value, but yes. he only had a shoestring budget. Uh-huh. Enter one Mr. Jerry Anderson. Here we go. Now, I see. According to Dad's autobiography, he was working at the moving picture company, uh, MPC, in Wardour Street, directing commercials when a producer approached him about making the visual effects. Hmm. Hearing the list of all the shots that the director wanted, which included a tentacled monster an alien planet uh, and a meteor storm 
he began making a mental estimate of how much the shots might cost. And uh, he just reached an estimate of about £150,000 when the producer informed him that he had the princely sum of £8,000. <laughs> right. So 150000 down to yeah. eight. Yeah. Now, naturally, Dad respectfully declined, only to be cajoled by director Bob, who was reportedly a fan of Anderson shows. So he arranged to screen a videotape of the homemade effects that had been part of the earlier versions of Return to the Forbidden Planet. Mm-hmm. And Dad is quoted as saying, It was just so awful that I <gasps> thought perhaps I really could do something to help. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, okay. Uh, now, characteristically, Dad was quite downbeat about the finished clips that he provided, claiming that they were only worthy of the 1950s era that the show was lampooning. But nevertheless... The show had a long and successful run, finally closing in 1993. Yeah, okay. Now, in 1990, Richard James, it might interest you to know that it was given an Olivier Award. Yes, that's For the best new musical, and yeah. uh, reportedly inspired a wave of other compilation musicals. And it's been staged many times since, and Dad's contributions were still in it as late as 2002. Oh, lovely. Wow. Now, numerous celebrities have made cameo appearances in the production over the years, including Neil deGrasse Tyson, mm-hmm. Brian May, mm-hmm. and James Doohan. I see. Nice. The peculiar blend of rock and B-movie sci-fi has proved popular with audiences all across the country, as well as across the world. For those interested in this rather zany production, a YouTube link will be available in the show notes. Oh, excellent. What, to the whole show? So... Uh, well, pr- maybe a trailer or something. I like see. It, but, yeah. Uh, Great. Yes, yeah, so you'll be able to do a brief return to the Forbidden Planet yourself. Indeed. Yes. There you go. See, so it was nice. Anderson related. It was. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, nice. And I remember I it being like around. It. I don't remember ever going to see it, but I remember it being sort of you know on the circuit around about the same time as I was doing the Thunderbirds stage. It, show, yeah, you would have been doing um, Next Gen then, wouldn't you? Yeah, so that's right. Yeah. Oh, exciting. Yeah. There we are. There you go. I remember that all going on at the time. Yeah, uh, that's and it, right. And it being a, a, a big news. Yeah, it was a, but it was a, a bit of a headache for Dad, I think. He, right. he sort of didn't, couldn't really do what he wanted to do and had to do something, yeah. and he never really liked having to do that. So Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, because that's of the, right. the budgetary restraints. But there we go, he did, and it was, yeah. in, it was on there for, for years. So nice. lovely. Yeah, great. Mm, good. I'd rather like a theatrical fab fact. I Thank thought you, you might. Yeah. Suit you, sir. Suit you, sir. Yes. Uh, and who knows when maybe in 10 years' time we'll be doing a fab fact about space breathing on ice. Oh, please let's make that happen. But probably not. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Right. <laughs> I think uh, that brings us extremely awkwardly to the end of this week's... Forbidden Fact! <laughs> Damn it, Come on. I don't Come on. That's perfect. What were you going to say? I was you, totally stumped. You, you I had bailed, no idea. You? I just didn't yeah. know what to say. No, I know, I know. Forbidden fact was well, great, though. Stood to reason for me. Now, uh, we have a lovely <laughs> bunch of listeners that we call Podstrons. Whether we you do. like it or not, if you're listening now, you are a Podstron. And you can also get in touch with us at podcast.jerryanderson.com. You can. Even if you don't listen, you can still email us. Well, I suppose you wouldn't know what the address was, would you? <laughs> They might uh, guess it. Yes, they might do. Anyway, Paul Davis, for example, is someone who both listens and has emailed us from Ooh. Bedfordshire. He says, hello, gentlemen of the GA podcast. As promised hello. in my previous email, please find attached some photos of my completed Class 06 diesel locomotive in a pod vehicle inspired international rescue livery. Yes, I like those pictures. Thank you very much for those, Paul. Including some shots with it hauling suitable rolling stock items. I've also recently taken delivery of the standby for action concert on CD and Blu-ray. Amazing. How excellent it is to be able to relive that evening 
Ah, now, when listening to my favourite artists, I often have to ponder the conundrum of whether to listen to the studio or live recordings. I've not had this luxury with Barry Gray's material in the past, but no longer. My favourite tracks are Hijacked, The Secret Service, The Terror Hawk Suite, despite not being a fan of the show particularly, sorry mm. Jamie, and of course The Trapped in the Sky Suite. I think I even heard the concert recording of Fire Flash Landing being used as the bed for the Fire and Fury trailer on last week's podcast. Very yes. cool. Keep up the good work. P-W-R-O-R-F-A-B-S-I-G, Paul Davis. Lovely. Nice. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Funny that people are buying the uh, Blu-ray or DVD and the CD. Yeah, well, nice. I suppose it's different. I mean, there's a different track list on both. Everything's uh-huh. covered on the Blu-ray and the yes, DVD. Yes, but yes. I yeah. guess, yeah, you just do it in the car or That's right. you just want an audio experience rather yeah. than putting it on the telly. That's right. Uh, Matt Edmonds says hi to all... At Anderson Entertainment. Oh, well, I'll pass that to everyone. Absolutely, yeah. As an, I put that in the WhatsApp group. Uh, Sorry, we do have a WhatsApp group, don't we? Uh, Yes. Right. Uh, (laughs) So I, I've noticed I'm not a member of any Anderson Entertainment Uh, WhatsApp group. I'm just you're a member of this. You must have missed me out. You're a member of the Pidcast uh, (laughs) WhatsApp group, though. Uh, Hi to all at Anderson Entertainment. Says Matt Edmonds, as an amateur classical musician, I was really disappointed when I couldn't make it to the standby for action concert. So I just wanted to say a big thank you for recording it. My Blu-ray arrived just in time for us to watch the concert as a family this weekend. Oh, that's the best way to watch anything. Uh, Matt says I've always thought the music on the Anderson shows elevates them to another level. Our five-year-old was so excited to recognise music from Supercar, Stingray, Thunderbirds and Lavender Castle. He also loved finding the pictures from each show in the excellent Souvenir programme. Brilliant. I know, says Matt, from first-hand how challenging it is to organise a big concert so well done to everyone for a fantastic job. If there's anything similar in the future, I hope to be there in person. Perhaps an evening of a few Anderson episodes with live music or the best. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, the problem doing that, because we want to do it, is that there aren't any separate dialogue and music and effects tracks ah, from most of the shows which is, yeah. makes it really tough to do yeah. uh, but never say never yeah Brad Richards says uh, now uh, I know you're going to be thinking, Jamie, that I've set people up for this but Brad says uh, hello personally I would love to see a vault book by Chris Bentley on Space Precinct yeah I do feel like you said this up. Yes. a personal one of my favourites of Jerry's shows thanks mm. sincerely Brad Richards there you go uh, interesting Yep. Uh, Megan says, long time no email. Greetings, gentlemen. After a couple of years, I thought it uh, I should drop you a line to share a recent discovery I made on a trip to L.A. and Seattle. As a result of jet lag and an 18-hour flight from Sydney to L.A., I found myself flicking through the many hundreds of TV channels that are found in the States, looking for anything that caught uh, my interest for more than five seconds. To my delight, I found Space Precinct. Thunderbirds, Standby for Action, and UFO. I quickly saved them to DVR and enjoyed catching up and reconnecting to my Anderson fandom over the following few weeks. It brought a smile to my face, knowing that while they may not have been as successful as they are in the UK or even Australia, they can be enjoyed by Jerry's many American fans. Keep up the brilliant job, boys, from Megan. Oh, thanks, Megan. Nice to hear from you again. It's been ages. Absolutely. Two years, in fact. Uh, yeah, Deborah, uh, another one here. Greetings, gentlemen, from across the pond. Thank you for another wonderful episode of the Jerry Anderson podcast. The fab fact in uh, pod 230 helped to resolve a visual disconnect I've always had while watching Thunderbirds. The font used for the Thunderbirds title seemed to me to have a Western feel to it. 
which was in contrast to the retro-futuristic style of the show. Although I've watched many episodes of Bonanza, I never made the connection to how similar the setup of the family structure was until it was mentioned in Fab Facts. Perhaps the choice of font style used for the Thunderbirds title might also be connected as well. In regard to Jamie's lament about subscriber percentages, mm. does access to the podcast via the Ander app count as subscriptions. It does not. Thanks for everyone's hard work and looking forward to the new audio releases coming soon from Deborah. Well, perhaps it should. Well, I'm afraid mm. it can't uh, just because right. of the way it works currently. Yeah. No, you, you, if, if you want to be a subscriber, you have to subscribe through one of the native apps yeah. like yeah. Apple Podcasts or Spotify yeah. Yeah. or Stitcher <laughs> or one of those. Yeah, I see. Does Stitcher even exist still? It probably does. I don't know. I remember saying Stitcher back in the day when we used to list them all. Podbean. Yeah, and Podbean. Podbean. <laughs> Yeah, all those. Now, Chris finally got in touch. Dear Team Anderson, uh, just getting around any naming order sensibilities there, mm. says Chris. Yes, thank you, Chris. Sensible. Uh, yeah. Have loved the show, says Chris. I, I joined in the late 40s. I guess when he was in his late 40s, then went back. Oh, no, he means, ha, he means pod 40, I see. Late oh. 40s, and then went back and have enjoyed all the rest. And I still look forward to each new pod, although I purposefully wait always a couple in arrears in case I need a binge. Hmm. Uh, my start in the Anderson universe was Thunderbirds in the early 1970s, just after Weekend World, which also introduced me to the last 50 seconds of the track Nuntucket Sleigh Ride by Mountain. That was the programme end credit theme, which might also be a memory for Richard, as we are of a similar age. Yes, I do remember that. Weekend World, I think, was presented by Brian Walden, whose son was in an episode of Space Precinct. Ben Walden oh, was in really? Friends. Yes. Small world, isn't it? Uh, I was glad to hear, yeah, says Chris, that Anderson Entertainment will soon be issuing the audio stories. Whilst I know I can buy the physical copies, might it be possible to offer a physical and digital combo at a special price? I'd be happy to have both. The reason is that whilst I know I can copy each disc to my computer, if I could have an online copy too, then I can download it if I'm travelling on business. I'm happy to pay a fair premium for this additional service. Looking forward to your thoughts. May it never end. Oh, don't wish that on us, Chris. Uh, best wishes from Chris. There you go. All right, you're getting fed up, are you? <laughs> Not at all. How rude. Uh, so, yes, an extra download with a physical copy. How does that work? Yes, we've definitely uh, talked about doing it. Mm. There are some limitations on our current storefront. Right. And some uh, discussions with Big Finish, because technically Big Finish are the exclusive distributors of the download. Okay, yeah. But I think we uh, have sorted a way around it, but it just okay. needs to be implemented, and that'll be maybe before the end of the year, if all oh. goes well. Fingers tightly crossed. Yeah. Great. Uh, all for now from our uh, email bag, but do send them in to podcast.jerryanderson.com and a little later on we'll be visiting our Facebook group and our YouTube channel too to see what's going on there. Oh, yeah. lovely. Exciting, isn't it? Well, to help ease our way there, how about a little yes. tiny, tiny spot of Jerry Anderson news? Oh, go on then, make it quick. All right, here it comes. Okay, uh, quickly, it's the Jerry Anderson News News Quickly, quickly, quick, quick. Go, uh, so here we go with this. Okay, so really, really quickly, I'm going to do this as quickly as I can. Uh, really quickly, right? Okay, so mm -hmm. Cyber Monday today, that's the end of Black Friday weekend, Captain Black Friday weekend. I'm not doing very well on the speed so far, am I? But Cyber Monday is the last day. There's a load of stuff on the store that's 50% off. So lots of it is sold out already. If there's things that you want, go and have a look there. Just go to the front page of shop.jerryanderson.com and you'll see a link to the collection there. Thunderbirds Fire and Fury is out. The CD is out. The download is out. You can listen to two brand new Thunderbird stories from the pages of TV21 with a full cast audio uh, cast drama thing cast. Anyway, they're amazing. Yes, lovely. Uh, fantastic previews, not previews, reviews already in. 
I really should have done this a lot slower. Anyway, Space 1999 fans, maybe there is shipping to us uh, this week and we should be shipping it out very, very soon after that. There are not actually that many copies remaining of the print run and we're probably not going to do another print run. So if you do want a hardback copy of maybe there, which is the kind of parallel universe of Space 1999 as it might have been, then do go and grab that, please. Uh, and just as a little hint for you, we're working on a little free Christmas gift thing that you can download. Ah, oh, great. Uh, and I should have news for you about that in the next week or so. Anyway, there's loads of other stuff, but let's keep it short because I've gobbled on so much. Okay. That wasn't very quick at all, but that's the end of this week's Jerry Anderson News. That was the news. Relatively quick news. I slowed down a little bit. But you did, uh, yeah, yeah. But it's still relatively quick. Yeah. Quick and yeah. brief. I try my you best. Well, yeah. Uh, now, have you heard no. of... Oh. <laughs> uh, have you heard of Facebook? Um, ha- occasionally, ha- yes. Have you heard of the Facebook uh, podcast official listeners group? Ah, also known uh-huh. as the Podsterons group. Ah, you have heard of them. Very yeah. familiar with that one. Lovely yes. bunch of people. Every week I pick the best of the posts to read out on the podcast. Here are a few that caught my eye this week. Uh, Yuhan Hu says, I want to personally thank Louise for assisting me over the last few months in regards to my order for the Standby for Action Blu-ray. Between moving jobs and moving house, I had no idea if everything would line up with whenever the discs would finally be available to ship. And Louise was kind enough to keep the order on hold until I was settled into my new home, awaiting to get this into my hands now. Thank you, Jerry Anderson Store team. Isn't that great? Yeah, because I can well imagine done, it Louise. can be a little bit uh, stressful when you're, you know, changing a dress and changing job, and you've got something on order, and you don't know when it's going to come. And absolutely, well done, Louise. Well, that's why we have Louise and Tim and Michael all there doing their bits to make yes. sure that you're looked after in the best way possible. And often, you know. Obviously, to us, to us as individuals, our yeah. order is a very important thing. Yes, but poor Louise of and Michael. I mean, we've—I think we've got maybe we had two or three thousand pre-orders yeah. for various things that were that had stacked up over the year. Right. Um, so imagine yeah. that their their job juggling all those things. So yeah. again, Amazing. Louise, well Tim, Michael, well done. Uh, Jeff Cope says, I found my vivid imagination's Captain Scarlet figure today. He's been in a tub since I had to move when I got divorced a year and a half ago. So, uh, which led me to think, where's the strangest place you found an abandoned Jerry Anderson toy? Let us know. <laughs> Podcast at jerryanderson.com. <laughs> There'll definitely be one under a fridge or under a cooker. I'm, yeah, I'm, there will. that's true. Undoubtedly. Yeah, talking of moving house, that's, that's the time when you discover all this stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Gathering dust under a cupboard somewhere. Keith Gooch, I hate it when a week goes by and I haven't added anything to my Jerry Anderson collection, so I was delighted to get two parcels this morning, one from the Jerry Anderson store and one directly from Network Distribu- Distributing, containing the latest version of New Captain Scarlet on DVD and the standby for action concert on Blu-ray. Hooray! That sounds like a good day in my books. Yeah. Very good day. Now, listen here, Jamie. Ken Norton says, I thought fellow Podstrons would be interested in giving the latest episode of Inglorious Trexperts a listen as our very own Jamie Anderson is interviewed. Yes, I am. Oh, you know, you get about, don't you? <laughs> hey? Unfortunately, I do from time to time. But oh, <laughs> yeah. I had a lovely chat over there and, and very different from the usual, actually. Yeah, so right. It's good. very enjoyable. Um, nice. So thanks, Inglorious Trexperts, for having me. Great. Steve Ryder posted, enjoyed Kim Newman's slip of the tongue in his interview. I will always think of the character as Torture the Battery Boy. (laughs) That's good, isn't it? (laughs) Not far off the truth. And just a couple more. Alan J. Porter says, yesterday, my wife Jill and I were sitting through a few episodes of our favourite child endangerment show... That's Joe 92. Of course. Over breakfast. And she asked me, so how was this perceived at the time? Her parents never watched ITV when she was a kid, so it's only really starting to catch up on the worlds of Anderson. It was a great question, and it got me wondering, if you watched Joe 90 around the time of its first run, what were your memories of how people felt about it? 
And Gaius Ross has replied to that and said, I asked my dad a similar question a while back, and he said he didn't think it of it, think of it in that way. He just wanted it to, to be Joe 90, or rather, he just wanted to be Joe 90 mm. and do all the exciting things that he did. So the questions that we ask of it now, uh, you know, as adults, didn't need to even enter into his head. Right. I, I suspect that's pretty universal, isn't it? Yeah, and I, th- I think for most things, really, most TV shows, especially as you watch as a kid, if you start pulling at the logical threads yeah, of it, yeah, yeah. then it all comes collapsing down pretty fast. Yeah. But obviously, you, you must have been thinking, why is Joe so annoying? <laughs> right. That's okay. What, that's what everyone thinks. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, let us know what you think on the uh, Jerry Anderson Podcast Official Listeners Facebook group. Uh, just answer a few questions. We'll let you in. You can join in the fun, post pictures of your latest merch, of your pod uh, cosplay, of your reviews, of pod your play. comments. Your pod mm. play. Like that's that. what they dress up as you, me and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not. <laughs> uh, and I'll read out some more next time. Brilliant. I look forward to that. Yeah. Almost as much as I've been looking forward to part two of my chat with Ellen Rose. Oh, yeah, me too. Really? Mm. Okay, well, that's good. Uh, yeah. If you missed last week, so you should go back and listen, but I suppose you could just dive straight in for this week, which is Ellen sure. Rose's part two. Uh, yeah. Ellen is one of those influencer types, a YouTuber. Uh, is she now? Yes, and she creates content for the outside extra, as well as her own uh, YouTube channels as well. All right. So, uh, but uh, be sure to give her a Thunderbird shout out on social media after you listen, because Great. the day after release is her birthday. Oh, hooray! So happy, happy birthday. birthday, Ellen. Yes. Uh, you can find her online at Ickle Nelly Rose. Ah. But for now, let's have part two of my chat with Ellen Rose. You sort of hit on something there, which we hear from quite a few people, which is that there's um, a lot of kids shows today are very squarely produced for a very narrow demographic, you know, like four four to six or mm. six to nines or whatever. And so there's a sense, I think, of people kind of growing into it and very quickly growing out of, you know, I can't, I can't imagine, mm. uh, you know, you and I having a discussion about some sort of, so like a preschool thing or in 20 years time, two people having a discussion about Paw Patrol and how they still got the toy from Paw But maybe they will, maybe I'm, maybe <laughs> yeah. I'm wrong, but do you think there's something maybe. in the... In the more adult storytelling, because those those boys were not kids. No, no, like they like it was. I think it it is very much like it's a taster for kids uh, in terms of like getting into bigger, um, more adult, you know, things like James Bond or anything yeah. like that. It's a stepping stone, and so when you when you watch it, mm. you feel quite grown up. Even though it's a bunch of puppets running around and explosions and saving people and, yeah, or like swimming around underwater in submarines or flying in jets. Like, I always felt like, oh, this is this is cool. Like, and also, you know, also because my dad liked yes. it. So it was something Shared I could experience. sit and watch my dad. But it, it, there's like, I think, I think, you know, it's really lovely when you do find those shows that you can just sit there with your family. It's very much, you know, a family can sit and watch it. And, you know, no one's going to be bored. Like there's going to be something for everyone in terms of just, you know, it's a good action packed adventure every week. And it it's wild that, you know, yeah, we got that. <laughs> and like because of the, the medium, like it's why I love this sort of stuff. I love animation. The medium that it's in, they were able to do wild and big things like. And just like interesting, just, you know, elements as well, because you had the, you know, 
saving people on earth but then you also had like the space rescue missions and things like that there's one my, my dad and i always laugh because like often if we're in the same house and we turn on the tv and thunderbirds is being like a rerun it's always the episode about the sun probe <laughs> It's always yes. the Sun Probe episode. Uh, but I, like, I remember watching that and being like, oh, the high stakes. Oh my gosh, yeah, they're going to go they're into burn the up. sun. And like, they could, <laughs> oh my gosh, we've got to go save these people. And then, oh no, they're in trouble now. And it's brilliant. Like it, high tension and you, you want to know what's, what's going to happen next. And th- there isn't that much in that way for kids, at least not that, you know, mm. adults can also watch. And I, I think it, it, you know, it's on, there's a fine line and it mm. walks it very well. I think it walks that tightrope perfectly because like, I was like in, in prep for this, I was like, I oh, you know what, I'm going to go back and watch a couple because I haven't watched any in for a while. And I, I, I watched like oh, the very the first sky. episode. Oh, you watched her in New, New York, York City, one? did you? Uh, the, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. New York City, New York City. That's it. Uh, sorry. Uh, and uh, I was like, I'm going to go watch, and I'm like, this is. <laughs> This is brilliant. <laughs> this is so intense. Like, and and you 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 had those things of like a huge building maybe collapsing and like it, it like high state like the guy nearly unconscious underwater and through the tunnels are they gonna get out and you're like oh yeah and you know because it's under the birds at It'll the end of the day they are but you don't know yeah. how they're gonna do it so how how is this gonna how are they gonna get out of this. And I think also a huge thing that really helps with all the tension and everything is the yes, music. Yes, beat me there. The music is, oh, is well. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's just like... Like the Barry Gray Orchestra is just... just the, the, has done some of the best, I think, TV yes. music of all time. Oh, oh I totally agree. Of all time. Totally agree. Um, and uh, it, it's like, it's so brilliantly... Uh, used in the shows that you're just like yeah you're on tenderhooks you want to know what's going to happen next and you're just like yeah come on guys you can do it you can do it and yeah you're just behind them all and uh it's you're also very invested in all of the characters as well because while they are very like yeah they're all kind of you know fairly standalone episodes but like uh, you know because they're built so you can kind of like jump in and watch one and be like cool that was a fun adventure great but like each one, you get a sense of mm. who each brother is and how, you know, the different ways, you know, it, it, how they, you know, all they, they care for each other and the different ways that they care for each other. And it's really sweet. And like, it's so well done. It's so well done. I'm not finding no, the right words. The thing, you kind of don't need to because, it, because it's so, <laughs> yeah. uh, there's so many factors that just have a line. Yeah. So, some by chance, some by hard work, some by careful kind of cultivation and skill yeah uh, i mean you, you pick on the music that the barry gray stuff if yeah i don't know if somebody was pitching a kid's show to you today and they said i've done a sample track here you go and here's the I full, mean, it, full it's amazing but music. it's so heightened it's kind <laughs> like, of it's got a slight kind of campness to it yeah. and all the all the kind of muted yeah. uh, wah, wah, kind of trumpet stuff when when yeah. something funny is happening those ridiculous timp bounces yeah they kind of they're they're almost much more playful than the sh- the show itself, and yet yeah. somehow it works. How how does it, it work? Works. It works. <laughs> I it's just I like I think like I loved watching it because uh, you know it felt so mm. like of a time as well as timeless. It can, you, it can be you both. You really felt yeah. like oh this is so sixties this is great, but yeah it was 
it, it just uh, utilised that stuff so well. And it, like, you know, had moments where you mm. could break the tension and you had those comedy moments where you were like, <laughs> ha, 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 you know. And also, as a kid, like, if you're not 100% sure if this was the bit that you're supposed to laugh at, Barry Gray's there doing the noise and that's it. There you go. That's where you laugh, kids. And then your parents will think you're funny and are like, ha, yeah. that was, that was good. The like, it could be something yes. that actually went over my head. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's got that childlike sense of, you know, fun uh, uh, alongside uh, all of the action. Because I think, yeah, if it was all action, uh, it yeah. would be a bit intense. <laughs> um, so, it, you know, it's really got those lovely moments where you can just kind of like enjoy all the characters and like just the funny conversations I like, often at the end of the adventure where they're all sat together and they're like, oh, smoking a cigarette. Oh, can't believe that happened. Yeah, yeah, always, yeah, with the cigar or something, you know, ha 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 ha. And then da 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 da. Like, you know, it would like, you know, something, someone would, one of the brothers would be made fun of or something and he'd be like, oh, oh okay. Alan. And, yeah. <laughs> It would be a different one each week. Oh, Alan. Yeah, poor Alan. Uh, on the mention of poor Alan or other brothers, uh, who mm-hmm. is the coolest Tracy brother, please, Alan? You may not pick multiples. So when when yep. I was a kid, really? Alan was my favourite. Yeah, because I really okay. loved Thunderbirds okay. 3. Okay. Uh, but I think, I think the coolest, I think the coolest, right? So... Virgil is very much like a dad character of the brothers. Okay. Like, I think Vir- Virgil is like, a, you know, he wants to make sure all the other brothers are okay. And that's very sweet. But like in terms of the cool, like, uh, just doesn't mm-hmm, take any mm-hmm. crap from people. Oh, I mean, I know Sorry. what you mean. Sorry. <laughs> He's just, it, it's just like. Virgil has got like to, the, to his voice is that mm. lovely. He's like a Buttery little bit voice, softer, Virgil. and so like when he's yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful. Mm. Yeah, that's the perfect way, the buttery voice, and like you know, it's it's something you know there yeah. is authority there, and you feel mm-hmm. safe with Virgil. I think you know you'd be like, yeah, I yeah. I am in good hands with Virgil. If you know he's like, let's all go out for the day. <laughs> Virgil's planned it. Brilliant. You know that he's he's. Sorted everything. Okay, you don't have to worry about anything. But Scott's the one that will get you into the cool bar later. <laughs> is, is he? <laughs> He's the one that will go up to the door and be like, "Hey, you don't want to stop us from being out." <laughs> he's a little. He's a little bit. You know, you got to calm him down a little bit. He's, a, bit he's a little bit short-tempered, I think, compared to Virgil. Yeah. But, but I also cool, feel he? like he's the guy who will say, I can get a, get into this cool bar, get you to the door, you're not on the list, and then he'll ring Virgil and say, Oh, Virgil, could you could you come and get us, please? Or can you get us in? You know someone. Because yeah, in the yeah. show, Scott yeah. races to the, the danger zone, sets up his mobile unit and says, Hurry up, yeah. Virgil, where are you? Come on. Yeah, and yeah. he's like, I'm And then Virgil's the one thing. who's deploying the equipment, <laughs> and he's doing the rescue, and he's wearing the the crazy heat shield, and yeah. you know, and then he's going back yeah, and playing the piano, yeah. and doing a painting, and making a cocktail. I mean, you know, do yeah. you say that's a, that's like the dad character? I'm saying he's the coolest. Sorry. Yeah, he is. He is very. I I think it's really <laughs> difficult between the two. Okay, of them. okay. In they all have different honesty. qualities. Dangerous, In dangerous, cool Scott. Paternal, yeah. cool Virgil. Fine. <laughs> Well, we'll call it a draw and grease disagree. So in a kind of post-Thunderbirds world, you might have been a good age for for 
space precinct. Did that ever cross onto your radar, Ellen? <gasps> it didn't. What? It sadly what? did not. No. There's so like, yeah, I know. There's so, I, yeah, the the three the yeah. three that I know really well. Um, it's it's Thunderbird, like Stingray, that. and Captain Scarlet, and that that was I wow. kind of had blinders for those. So yeah. I don't, it, it, I, it, it's just if, if, if it wasn't uh, and if, you know, BBC Two and my if my dad wasn't recording okay. it, I missed it. So any gaps in my knowledge well. is okay, so blamed I mean, on my phone. Minus point for you there for not crossing the, the void yeah, in, yeah, yeah. into Space Breezing to <laughs> yeah, Beyond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah, my my mum didn't didn't uh, open it. My mum opened me up to uh, Hitchhiker's Guide okay. to the Galaxy because okay. she knew I was a big nerd. So that you know, bonus points for my mum, okay. Barbara, on that one. But yeah, that's no, fine. That's fine. We we stick on the nostalgia track. And I assume then you didn't. You're probably then too old for, or because Andy was like, no, it wasn't part of my childhood. 2004 live action film. Did you see that? I did not. I did not. But I enjoyed uh, the busted <laughs> version of Thunderbirds. Argo I'm sure you did. M- many would say the uh, only good thing about that film, and, in fact. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was a little because I was a little bit of a Thunderbirds mm-hmm. purist, and I was like, I'm not going to see a live action. <laughs> so I'm sorry. No, I was one of no, those it's fine. people. Like, your, your answer yeah. will resonate with 90% of listeners probably who who saw it and couldn't bear it or wouldn't see it because. No, like, no, it's not and it puppets. wasn't really, you know, Thunderbirds in many ways. But this, that is a whole different yeah. area. In fact, you probably saved us a can of worms by not seeing it. So yeah. keep yourself pure. Do not, <laughs> do not watch. Um, yeah, we'll say I have watched some of the newer. I watched a couple of episodes of the new that? Thunderbirds with the new animated. Oh, I thought good. it was really good. I thought I, I enjoyed it. I, I was like, I'm not going to sit and watch the whole thing because I, 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 for me, it's a big part of, of it now is yeah. the nostalgia as well. But I was like, I am really glad that kids get to watch more Thunderbirds, and hopefully, through watching this, they'll go back. Like this is this is the yes, how you rope absolutely. them in. You hook them in on this, and then you go, Hey, do you want to see the old school Thunderbirds? And like, do you want to be the hipster kid yes, that's watched all be the, the old cool ones? Kid. There you go. You cool, go into cool that. Cool kids watch Thunderbirds. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. That's, I was a that's cool the kid, title yeah. of, of of this episode. Cool kids watch Thunderbirds. Done. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. then just just revisiting briefly Scarlet and Stingray. So you know we've established that Thunderbirds has got that lovely kind of mm-hmm. walking the fine line, kind of kiddie adult approach mm-hmm. and crossing ages. Stingray and, and Scarlet are kind of poles apart in many ways because you've got you again the kind of height, heightened mm. kind of pantomime campness of Stingray and that love triangle story which i'm sure when you're at Ooh. nursery was absolutely yeah. enthralling and fascinating for you oh yeah <laughs> yeah 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 i think stingray i mainly watched because i like <laughs> like as i said earlier i like all the underwater brilliant bits. okay Makes and sense. i i just i loved i i the the, the visual effects of stingray is what yeah. really got me into it and like the cool ships that look like piranhas the, the terror, the, the terror not the piranhas fish. the anglerfish yeah, looking ones that's craft it. Yeah. yeah the terror fish yeah brilliant like i i just like it was just absolute eye candy to me as a kid like just being like yeah just watch this this is great this okay is brilliant. and then you could contrast that with the darkness of scarlet yeah. i mean that again that's not really nursery yeah. fair bit nah, terrifying nah, or kind but, of exciting yeah it was scary but exi- in an exciting way. So, like, it was other other things that I watched as a kid that were kind of, like, scary, but I loved it because also it was a bit scary. Yeah. Uh, was Trapdoor. 
so like that and Captain Scarlet was like oh, okay. my ooh, scary things and this is the voice of the Mysterons, you know, all that sort of stuff. I loved that. So like if I wanted like a, ah, I just want to see a cool rescue adventure, let's watch Thunderbirds. But if I wanted something like, ooh, mysterious and like, again, it's that, ooh, that feeling of yeah. feeling very grown up because you're watching this and like Captain Scarlet especially yeah. had that, I think. Um, and just like the secret agents and all that, you know, like, you know, don't know who to trust. And like Captain Black oh, is such great. a good villain. And like, yeah, I just, you know, even if I didn't understand what was happening, I loved the kind of like mm. intensity of the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, the, the intensity and the seriousness against the backdrop of adventure seems to really shine through across your experience of all three. Yeah. So you are living very much in a contemporary entertainment environment, I would say, both uh, gaming and producing mm-hmm. yourself and l- looking at where we are today do you think there is any space for classic thunderbirds captain scarlet stingray the other shows for a kids audience or is this now purely relegated to nostalgia and the occasional bit of fab parenting uh well i know i know i will definitely be getting if i have kids they Excellent, are quite right watching too. thunderbirds um i have uh some friends who have children now i want them Please to do. get their kids into thunderbirds so yeah um so yeah i think it, it, for me it's it's just like making it you know where it's it's available on streaming services and things like that and it, it that's that's the thing it's for me growing up i had it you know my dad showing it and then it was like there wasn't mm. much else out there and there wasn't the, the the just huge variety of things that we have at our fingertips now. So in some ways it's brilliant because you're like, hey, I don't have to wait for a, a Thunderbirds episode to be on BBC Two and set the VCR <laughs> and make sure it's all working. But on the other hand, there is so much out there. So I think it is, you know, you know, we just you know need to shine a light on it. And uh, I think kids would enjoy it. And just, you know, as long as you sell it to kids as like, hey, it's this quirky thing mm. from the 60s and it's really quite fun. Yeah. I think you might yeah. like it if you give it a go. Because, you know, you don't want to like force it down to kids' throats. <laughs> but um, because otherwise, you know, you, you've got to, you know, I just, I absolutely fell in love with it. Like I just, you know, I think sitting watching it with parents yes, is the absolutely. way to go. But, you know, Hey, maybe Netflix at some point or someone will be like, hey, we should do like a 60s special something and like talk about all like all the old great kids shows and, you know, highlight those on our services and things like that. So it's it's really difficult to tell. But basically, I, you know, <laughs> I've sort of like wear my Thunderbirds T-shirts yes, on our doing your videos bit. or like share like hey look at this you know collection of cereal box um thunderbirds figures that i got for eating a lot of (laughs) shredded wheat or whatever it was (laughs) um and uh like just kind of you know sharing sharing the love for the series i think and hey like you know is the the bbc 100th anniversary i think there should be way more thunderbirds content being shown right now to celebrate it like basically uh if uh uh so last week i've mm. been i've been watching strictly and they did a week last week where it was all themes from bbc tv shows and or like music cues in bbc tv shows and and i'm like i would 100 percent been like thunderbirds let's do thunderbirds get it. it back into because it you know that that bit of music just that the yeah. theme music to thunderbirds is 
just so like it gets in your head and it stays there oh, forever in the, best in the possible good way, way. Yeah. not in a like oh my gosh I can't get it and it, it's just it's a, it's one of those good earworms and like just have people mm. be like what is this like yeah like this is cool and uh it's just yeah i i i use my privileged position as someone with a small following on the internet <laughs> to, to say get your kids to watch Thunderbirds, please because <laughs> it's I really completely good. <laughs> agree and please do that i mean the, the the music should be our kind of backup national anthem really is the closest isn't oh, it we should oh vote it in God, for that 100%. somehow but you're right it's yes. accessibility and yes. availability of the shows and a little bit of indoctrination so yeah a little bit you, you need yeah a little pinch and then you just yeah just just highlight like that that's why i think like the new shows it is good to have mm. like new thunderbirds as much as it isn't the original thunderbirds and it might not be exactly what you want to watch it's it's a it's these things are a really good way to get people into going okay well what if i watch the original would, mm. I, pre- would I prefer the original i like i like these characters yeah. would i like these characters from the original and you know and uh, so yeah that's why i'm i'm you know i other shows have done it brilliantly as well like uh, the, the new yes. danger mouse i think was fantastic i think it was a really really good uh really well cast and well written fun um thing and I, like yeah i think the more we do that the more people go oh i wonder if the old Absolutely. one's good as well and yeah that's how that's how that's how we <laughs> that's get how them. we reel them in <laughs> amazing uh yeah well it's, it's definitely yeah. the gates to to the old ones again and you know hopefully we'll continue to do so mm-hmm. and uh, you're going to help that by adding to the indoctrination on all available channels aren't you uh, so yeah uh, and where, where can people find you on those channels and be part of your ongoing anderson indoctrination of uh, the nation's children <laughs> ah well you can uh, see me regularly wearing uh thunderbirds this uh, my lovely thunderbirds 3 t-shirt um on outside extra no e on the extra where uh, we talk about video games and nerdy things like thunderbirds actually that means oh i've got an excuse to talk about thunderbirds that's i should do a show we do a weekly show called show the weekend and sometimes we just talk about things we like on it perfect opportunity right thunderbirds on there um and uh yeah and then uh also uh you can find me as ickle nelly rose it's a bit of a mouthful but if you just search ellen rose you'll probably find me um on uh also i have a personal youtube channel and on twitter and instagram and things uh, if you want to find tiny baby pictures of me in uh a captain scarlet outfit. <laughs> amazing i'm going hunting for those right now because we we love those old pictures yes. uh you'll go amongst the ranks of others in uh, captain scarlet outfits including simon cowell so you're in oh, great company <laughs> uh ellen i've really enjoyed our chat thank you so much for joining us and for um uh, and oh, for representing for, for female thunderbirds fans because we don't have enough on the show and i'm very pleased to yeah. have, uh, added to, to numbers there so thank you very very happy to add to those numbers and i will try and add to those numbers as well i've got to indoctrinate some more please do keep flying the flag (laughs) thanks yeah thank you well what an enjoyable chat very different angle lovely to have one of our female lander fans on so thank you ellen now an honorary gold star podster on um you can watch ellen on outside extra over on youtube that's extra without the e I see. Um, or find her on her various social media platforms at Ickle Nelly Rose. Oh. Thank you, Ellen. Yeah, great. Now, one place that people do listen to our, our uh, podcast is the, uh, the Jerry Anderson YouTube channel, and they then complain about the adverts. 
Ah, well, yes. You know, we keep saying, don't we, the best place to listen to the Joe Anderson podcast is on an app of your choice. On a podcast uh, app. Exactly. This is a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. But you can listen to it on YouTube and you can comment underneath. And here are a few of those comments uh, from uh, Pod230, just uh, two or three weeks ago. King of Pointless posted I'm happy to hear Kim Newman talk at length about literally any mm-hmm. of his interests. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Ian Dealey, great podcast. And once again, another fab choice for this, this week's randomizer. If you're a fan of iconic episodes, then this one is for you. Pod 230. I don't remember what the randomizer was that week. Was that Breakaway Space 1999? I think it might have been, yes. Uh, makes sense. Tim Bulchin says, I appreciate this is very left field. However, I have to write this response. Uh-oh. Tim says, I've just finished the best 25 minutes I've ever seen. That is the absolute genius that is episode 13 of the Secret Service. Oh. More aced, less speed. I literally mean it. He says, the final chase is an absolute gem. Not only exciting, but I've never laughed out loud for so much for so long. A series well underestimated, most likely for all the wrong reasons, but well worth 13 times 25 minute episodes of absolute smiles. Oh. Ah, that's great, isn't it? How nice. We also had a fab fact recently about Lorne Green's connection to Thunderbirds. Yes. Uh, Neil 070 says, when you spoke of radio being a formative part of the careers of so many, I thought of Leslie Phillips, who passed away just a couple of weeks ago. We used to listen to the Navy Lark as a family. Leslie Phillips and John Pertwee were two of the stars before Carry On Constable. Phillips' breakout role in the movies and over a decade before Pertwee became the third Doctor. Peter Sellers, John Cleese and the goodies also cut their teeth in radio before graduating to TV, along with Tony Hancock, Kenneth Williams, June Whitfield and many more. Absolutely right. It was the beginning of so many wonderful careers, the radio, wasn't it, before Mm. TV and film? Really. Uh, Mark Paxton, well, he wonders if they ever found work for Lorne Green's cousin, Green Lawn. <laughs> oh, Simon nice, Wahigo, nice. Uh, apparently 447 Jarvis Street is opposite the Canadian National Ballet School. Oh, opposite, so, but that's not the building. Yeah, What's the building? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And finally, here's a nice one from Cam, who says, Super Marination shows, from Supercar to Captain Scarlet, meant absolutely everything to me when I was young. Those programmes were part of the very best years of my life. I'm Canadian, and I'm so, so pleased to see the various Canadians who participated in Jerry and Sylvia Anderson's productions, along with Shane Rimmer, mentioned here. Uh, also, there was Graydon Gould and Lois Maxwell. They were Canadians too. And I'm not sure about this one, but I think Don Mason, Troy Tempest, may also have been Canadian. The mixture of the UK and North American accents gave an added richness to these programmes, uh, and they also added a deep richness to my life, for which I'm eternally grateful. Thank you and best wishes from Cal. Oh, isn't that nice? Wonderful, isn't it? Well, just a, a, yet again, another example of, you know, just quite an effect that these shows have had on people throughout their lives. Really lovely. Yeah. Non-stop so, nostalgia right here. Quite right too, yeah. There you go. Uh, so, all for now, but yeah, do comment on our YouTube channel too, and uh, if it's of interest, I'll read it out. <laughs> You know, that's a bit judgmental, isn't it? Yeah, well, I'm a bit judgmental. This is terrible, and I won't bother. Exactly. All right, fair enough. Well, (laughs) ouch. Um, Since this is uh, already a a clear run of non-stop nostalgia, would you like some more non-stop nostalgia? Ah, Is it it, uh, time uh, for the you-know-what? Yes, it is. Yeah, yes. Should we say what it is? What are you saying, in case I've got it wrong? Well, it's... It's It's the the run... The randomizer. Randomizer. Yeah, it's the randomizer. The randomizer. It's the randomizer. Yeah. <laughs> With Chris Dale, where he comes along and uh, by some button. method he selects yeah. a random episode random and, and episode. says stuff random. about it. Anyway, yeah, 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 it's it's whatever, random. Yeah, so it's it's we random. might as well just let him do it. Should we just yes. have the randomizer? Random, yeah. Random. Okay, then, all right, then fine. Here's the randomizer. Random. Ah, good morning, Miss Eland. Good morning, sir. Hard at it? I'm always hard at it. Sometimes you notice. Have you found it? Uh, Found what? 
Oh, you mean the randomizer? Yes, silly me. I'd forgotten I'd been meaning to ask you to press the button for a while now, so, uh, I left it under your desk. Oh, I see. I'll get it for you. Thank you very much. Yes, that's it. You know, every week for the last four and a half years I've shown up to do this, you'd think I'd be owed some holiday time by now. I could always phone down with some excuse to get you off the hook. Well, best not, they might not want me back. Ah, there's this week's episode. Just paper. Do you want to read it? Yes, if you could just pass it over. Thank you. Right, let's... Ah, okay. Well, it's Stingray today. Are you quite certain? Oh yes, what else could it be? With a title like Stand By For Action. Yes, I see. If there's nothing else, sir, I'll be going home. Oh, you don't fancy watching it with me? I'm afraid that's impossible. Oh, well, never mind. Well then, here's Stingray. Right. Thank you very much. So, welcome back to Stingray on the Randomizer with Standby for Action. And it's very appropriate that I'm watching Stingray today because uh, at the time of recording, it is, it's Stingray Day. It's the 4th of October. Um, it's not really relevant as such because you guys won't hear this until November, maybe? And uh, this episode wasn't shown first. The first episode was shown first. But it's still nice for me to, to have a bit of Stingray to watch on Stingray Day. Wasn't planned. It's just how it happened. And we have this very, uh, very nice opening with Troy checking out. It's a sinister basement. You can tell it's sinister by the music. And who's that hiding behind the door? Oh, it's Lieutenant Fisher holding a gun. Has our favorite lieutenant turned traitor? Oh no, couldn't be. I like as well that he's wearing a shirt with an A on it. A nice Anderson A. Oh no, who's gonna get in the first shot? Well. I like that, actually. Um, Fisher gets two shots off. Troy responds with three. And Troy doesn't fall until he knows that Fisher is down. Troy! It's almost as if this uh, this is a bit phony. Which, of course, it must be, because we know. You wait for us, Troy. Fisher would never turn traitor. Is he? Yes, Bones. He gave his life for the world. Aquanaut Security Patrol. And I love this pullback from, from Atlanta cradling Troy's body. And we see we're on a movie set. And uh, this is a very, very interesting shot here. Um, because the, you can see so much of the actual AP Film Studio here. If you notice, you can see a doorway behind the, the model set that is far too big for a puppet to reach. It, it's just a lovely way to, to use the studio surroundings. Fabulous, even though I say so myself. They wouldn't have expected that to be so noticeable back in the day, but it is quite noticeable on Blu-ray. was I, Marty? On the plus side, we have Stingray on Blu-ray. How lovely is that? You're the most talented new wave Hollywood director. And the last time we were with Stingray, it was for Titan Goes Pop, which was a, a, a classic episode and quite funny. This is a very similar one, and I have similarly fond memories of it. You had me crying there. This is a lovely character, this director guy. The way I felt similar to Duke Dexter's manager. Phones. You're is this Marty? Marty the director? Said, is he? Great. Is he? Oh, he's done it again. <laughs> Will somebody tell me what... This is a puppet that was used a couple of times in Stingray. This guy that returned later as the Wasp's manager in Tune of Danger. Either you've got it or you haven't got it. And I haven't got it. Is that it? It's not that. So, this uh, film director has come to Marineville to shoot a film about Marineville and Stingray. And it's just a lovely idea which I think you can only really get away with once in the Super Mario Nation universe. If, you know, it, it's an idea that could fit with Scarlet and Thunderbirds and XL5, whatever. 
But they only did it once wisely, and they did it with Stingray, and it's great fun. Because, of course, not only do we have the director, we have uh, Mr. Goggleheimer. He's suspicious. Vaguely Eastern European accented, boggle-eyed person. And wouldn't you know it, he's heading over to uh, the island of Lemoy. He must be renting the house, the latest in the, a long line of tenants of that, uh, that house, around which so much shady stuff goes on, but no one at Marineville ever twigs. This is always fun, though, when X2Zero presses the button to, uh, to raise all the paintings and turn over the tables and such for all this wonderful communication equipment. Uh, I'm not convinced he needs as much of it as he has, but, um, you know, it's the 60s, technology everywhere. The more technology you've got, the more evil you are. Titan, this is Surface Agent X20. I am ready to receive your further instructions. Has all gone according to plan so far? Yes, mighty Titan. Disguised as Mr. Goggleheimer, the film producer, I have free access to Marineville. Not that I don't have free access to Marineville at all times anyway, but you know what I mean. The easier, great titan. I love as well that by this point in the series, they've gone from, we'll attack Stingray, we'll attack Stingray with a terrorfish, we'll just attack Stingray. Now it's like, hmm, X20, let us have a brainstorming session. Of course, we'll make a movie. It's just lovely. It's lovely to see to see um, Titan and X20 get a bit more inventive and creative with their plans. Make a movie about Stingray, and I'm not even going to be in it. Uh, someone's feelings have been hurt. Come here. iPhones, grab yourself a drink. Uh, would you like to hear me say, is he? Oh, Phones is happy with himself. 300 times already. Don't tell me. I like as well that out of um, all of the, the, the four main characters that we just saw acting there... Troy by far seems the best suited. Atlanta and Phones don't seem particularly uh, gifted in the acting department. Swoonara! Oh, there's that name. Swoonara! There's that music. And there's the sound effects. As Atlanta and Marina pass out. Uh, Marina's having trouble with one of her eyes there. <laughs> she only half passed out. Hey, you said Johnny Swoonara. Oh! <sighs> What happened? Shucks, I, I just said Johnny Swunara and you passed out. Oh, she's gone again. Marina didn't even recover. And who have they cast as Johnny Swunara? Gee, what's it going to be like when he gets here? Well, we need a, a puppet who looks like he could be a heroic leading man. I love all this. All this confetti and such being thrown around Marine Villas. He arrives, the great Johnny Swunara. Played by... Steve Zodiac from Fireball XL5, uh, now sporting black hair. They love me! They love me! And again, we have a very simple shot of a puppet with um, back-projected model shots um, with a huge Welcome Johnny Swunara banner across the, the path to the tower. Personally, I... But it's very effective stuff. Childish in my whole life. Do I look... It's almost as bad as that time we had that pop star here. It's a very similar episode, actually. Very pretty. Oh, and I like... I like Atlanta and Marina's sort of... Well... You know, it's a bit stereotypical, their reaction to the guy, but I like Atlanta supporting Marina, saying, Oh, yes, you look lovely, too. Oh, dear. Johnny. <laughs> Say, uh, I, you know, as a kid, oh, yes. I never noticed that this was Steve Zodiac, and I had XL5 on um, 
on VHS. It wasn't until the DVDs came out that I realised, oh right. Hello, girl. It's just, I don't know, I guess the different voice, the fact that you're seeing him in colour. It's just so nice that they reuse the puppet in this way. You see what I mean, Troy? Because, of course, you know, certain XL5 human characters looked a bit terrible. Some Stingray human characters look a bit terrible. But because Steve Zodiac had to look as heroic as possible, they put everything into him, and it's still... He's still a character that fits the Stingray world, which is nice, because we've seen several XL5 characters as extras in Stingray. Commander, Zero, and um, Matic. I think maybe Lieutenant 90 as well. Fish from Titanica is approaching Marineville, sir. Here we are in the studio, watching our rushes. With uh, everyone in their familiar places, except for... E-W-O-R. Johnny Swunara at the controls of Stingray, playing Troy Tempest. Because the real Troy Tempest isn't heroic enough. I also really like that um, PWOOR as he just struggles with the. Uh, 1700 yards! With the, with the letters there. 1500! 1500! Oh, it's all exciting stuff. It looks very similar to a, a typical episode of Stingray. 1000! Not too close, Troy. Don't worry about me, Atlanta. And this is another great Ray Barrett guest performance. Last time in Titan Goes Pop, we had the very um, sort of hapless Duke Dexter for whom things just seem to happen. Uh, and now we have... Um, Bear Sting Missile. Someone who's... You know, he's, he's, he's a celebrity, but he's a different kind of celebrity. And he's, he's far more... Um, he's far more smug and self-satisfied, I think, than Duke Dexter was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, X20 tried to shoot Troy in the back of the head during the screening there. Didn't quite get away with it. Fired! I'm not sure how he thought he might, considering he's at the back of the studio, and once having shot Troy, he would then have to climb over Lieutenant Fisher to get out of the building. But hey-ho, there'll be other chances. Didn't I tell you this was going to be a great picture? Oh, yeah. It's good stuff. Everybody back on the set. And I also think this must have been... Oh, yeah, there you go. You can see how high that door is behind the... Uh, We're rehearsing. Uh, yeah, it's almost a shame, if I can say that, to see this in HD, because once you realise that's a little model set on a real full-size human set, it kind of throws your sense of scale off a bit. But it's just lovely to see the AP Films team having had this experience in the film world to uh, to create a story around it. Oh, oh, oh. pardon me. Oh, and everyone's involved except Troy. I'd like you to see this, Mr. Gagelheimer. Where's he gone now? Uh, Mr. Gagelheimer. Ah, uh, say, where is he? He was behind me a minute ago. In fact, he seems to be behind me a lot, normally with a gun or a knife. Oh, yes, he's got a knife. Working on a, a rope that seems to be holding up the lights over Troy's head. Luckily for him, Atlanta's on the case. Troy! And Troy just manages to get out of there, but the puppet does take quite a knock. Atlanta, is he? And I love that we go into the, the advert break. In much the same way as their little scene from earlier, it's, it's just nice. And it's, again, with, um, as I said, with Titan Goes Pop, everything that happens feels very believable and credible within this slightly outlandish situation that we wouldn't normally see our heroes in. Wasn't an accident? This rope has been cut. <gasps> oh, no. Gonkelheimer was standing there. Where has he gone? Let's go. Where? You coming, Marina? Atlanta? No, Troy, we'd better stay with Johnny. <laughs> he was kind of shaken up. Oh, dear, poor Johnny. He's uh, got his head in his hands. Oh, and here we are. 
Oh, again, another connection to Titan Goes Pop. X20's hovercar is taking off from uh, the same point we saw a helicopter land last time with the shot of the Black Rock Lab from Supercar behind it. Johnny's going to be okay, folks. He's going to be okay. Atlanta and Marina are looking after him. I'd love to know where the, the, there's some... Out to sea, Troy. Yeah. ...footage of an actual real beach behind Troy and Phones here. I'd like to know where that is. I suspect that's sort of lost to time. Almost looks like there's a sort of wind farm or something going on behind them. He's gone on to the island. Good. We'll catch him now. Because nobody lives on that island, Phones. We never have any problems without... We should just install a bridge to that island, Phones. We seem to have lost him. Well, let's try that way. Yeah, it's also strange to see cars just floating across the surface of the water in this show. Also, I don't think... Um, Troy's holding the steering wheel there. I don't think the steering wheel was connected to anything because it seemed to be sort of drifting all over the place. But, of course, X20 has a, a secret entrance to park his car in, of which Troy and Phones cannot follow. Sorry, Troy. I, I was sure he came this way. Well, the only place he could have been making for is that old house. Which we've never been to before. Let's try there. Although I suppose, um, yeah, would this be the first time Troy and Phones actually visit Lemoy? I know they were back for Titan Goes Pop and um, Phones was back for an Echo of Danger. This might actually be the first time Troy and Phones visit well, the island. In that case, I can cut them a bit of slack. But not in episodes made after this. It's all a bit ridiculous that no one ever twigs. Still. I also love all this bric-a-brac that uh, X20's got in his uh, his little makeup room. He's got, I mean, he's got a sombrero in there. He's got, when was he going to use that? Welcome, amigo. Uh, I am Gonzalez. I'm renting the villa today. Oh, yes. He's, he's made himself up as an old man. He's got to put everything back first. Hide all those little bits of gear. <laughs> this is what I mean when I say he's got a lot of stuff. It does take a while to cover everything up. Whereas on Tracy Island, Operation Cover-Up takes a moment. For X20, it's like a full 30 seconds before he's he's hidden himself. Anyway, Troy and Phones welcomed into Old Man's House. Nothing suspicious here. No sign of Gogglehammer, Troy. Just as I said, Jim. He's not in this one room, Troy, so that's our search over with. I've heard nothing. Uh, he must have doubled round Lemoy and headed back to the mainland. Well, thanks for all your help. I'm only sorry I couldn't have been more assistance. Come, I'll show you out. Uh, ignore the fact that I sound like Goggleheimer, by the way. I get that a lot. Thanks. Goodbye, gentlemen. I think it's one of those things with a show where you just have to accept. They're never going to recognize X20, no matter what. Rena and Atlanta will be worrying about us. Uh, it's just, I don't think you, it's meant as sort of, um, to, to imply that Troy and Phones have, in particular, have very short memories. It's just... That's the way this show works. And here we are at the Blue Lagoon Club. I think this is also the first time we visit uh, this fine establishment, this bar that the Stingray crew went to sometimes. Wonderful movie, Johnny. Just a few shots. Guy shaking a cocktail mixer in the uh, behind the bar there. And I also recognise there's a puppet there who was in Secret of the Giant Oyster. He was one of the, the baddies in that. This track of you, Atlanta. <sighs> How about paying me a little visit in Hollywood? 
I, I don't know why. I'd love to know the, the selection process of Steve Zodiac. It was just... You know, did they consider making a new puppet for this character, or did they just someone just take a look at Steve and think, actually, there's a bit of smugness in that that face. There's movie star material there. <laughs> oh, gee, Johnny, every time you talk to a dame, they pass out. Yeah, <laughs> great, isn't it? Ah, oh, dear. Well, you have unconscious women everywhere you go. Well, just a few more shots, and the movie's finished. Well, I can't say I'm sorry. Oh, Troy's still suffering. Oh, a funny business, that Goggleheimer running out and, and trying to kill you, Troy. <laughs> yeah, but what really killed me was that nobody cared. Oh, nobody cares about poor old Troy. Feel bad for Troy. I'll turn in. They're taking Stingray out on location tomorrow, Troy. You'd better go with him. Do I have to, sir? Phones can handle it. I just couldn't stand being cooped up with that Johnny guy. That's a nice convincing reason as to why Troy doesn't go along for the uh, the disaster that's about to unfold. We're expecting trouble. Yeah. Idiot! You've spent millions of dollars setting up a film so that you can kill Tempest, and now you tell me you failed? I can hmm. I can explain, Titan. I don't want. I I'm, I have to question to what extent does Titan have a bank account? Yes. <laughs> Idiot! Fool! I am now six thousand dollars overdrawn! Very well, X20. Hmm. You will take your underwater craft and attack Stingray. Ah, yes. <laughs> because in spite of what I said earlier, we have a, a slightly more intricate plan. Plan B is always shoot Stingray. Shoot Stingray and maybe we'll get away with it this time. But of course, poor old X20. We don't want anything bad to happen to him. Oh, I love that big gun thing. <clears throat> How do I look? Is my hair okay? Fine, Johnny. You look just great. Ah, oh. it's also interesting to think that whatever fate ultimately befell the Steve Zodiac puppet, and um, you know, it was probably just a skip. He he would have been decked out as, as Johnny Swinara when he was thrown out. Although, there would have been other Steve Zodiac heads. But, oh, I wish he'd survived. I wish more stuff from these, these earlier shows survived. I mean, I understand why they don't, because they were constructed in a different way to, um, to the later heads. Seaborn, we'll be ready to start filming in a few minutes. What's that? Hiding behind that rock? X20's sub. Curiously undetected by uh, by phones there. He's letting the side down there, but I guess if he's uh, looking forward to his saying his big uh, is he line again. Stingray without Troy Tempest aboard will be a sitting target. Because I've never been thwarted by phones or mariner ever. Closer. Although he does have a point. Okay, Johnny, I'm starting the remote film cameras. We'll get some great shots of you. <laughs> yes, he does. I mean, he does look a bit more conventional leading man than than perhaps Troy does. I don't know if, again, that's the show sort of commenting on the fact that they've, um, with Troy, they've created a character that certain people have commented is a bit, right. for lack of a better word, camp. Okay, Johnny. But it's just, it's just fun to see someone else pretending to be Troy. And of course, nobody can match the original. Oh, 
Stingray's hit. Yes, because of course at moments like this we find out that it's it's not just looks. Tower from it's character and determination and resolve that uh, that get you through the day. I'll take it, Atlanta. And Troy's got that in in just bucketfuls. Holder, the control gear smashed. Marina's operating the pumps. Get Johnny to help you. Uh oh. He can't. He's gone to pieces. I don't have to put up with this. It's not in my contract. <laughs> Stay with it, folks. Again, the, the the show taking on a slightly satirical edge here with the way they they treat Johnny from this point on. Because you know, when you're in a crisis, somebody being a big movie star is not really going to help you. Stingray is out of control. Without Troy Tempest, they'll never get out if they're alive. I could shoot them again. X20. Or not. Returning to base. Job half done. Leading. Oh, he's just going to call it a day then. He's hit Stingray. That's as good as killing Troy Tempest. Oh, no. oh poor Johnny. If anything happens to Johnny. Marina's not having much of this. For every cent you've got. Oh, why don't you shut up about your precious Johnny? Yeah. Some underwater dame. I owe. <laughs> I love that as well. It's one of those Americanized touches that they like to put into the show at this point. But that listen underwater dame is is one of them. Oh. So Troy's got to go out there and sort everything out because you know he's the real Troy Tempest. You can't accept any substitutes. But uh, yeah, he's going out by. Um, on These are the sea bugs, aren't they? You better be quick. I, I can't hold them much longer. Bones, what's your position? About a thousand yards from the ocean door. They didn't get very far at all. X20 got very close to the base undetected there somehow. Open the airlock. Troy will be with you any minute now. Yep, there he is. He made it. Wasn't very far after all. He's done it, Father. Troy's made it. Yay. Johnny, you made it. The name's Troy. Yeah. Captain Troy Tempest. The one and only. Out together. Switch to dynamic state. But here comes a great line. Yes, Check trim. That's not it. Two degrees left left. Neither's that. I want to go back to making westerns. Oh, I love that. I love that line. It's just so... And I do wonder if that's a nod to... Um, to Four Feather Falls, which obviously, you know, the puppet wasn't involved in, but it's just, it's fun either way. Um, the, this wonderful heroic leading man has been brought low by the fact that a heroic leading man generally isn't much use in real life. But gosh darn it, Troy Tempest is. He's going to save the day. Well, girls, the movie's finished. That oyster guy is still hanging around the bar. Oh, we're busy, aren't we, Marina? Sorry, lover boy. Oh, because Atlanta and Marina have discovered... Shall we go? ...that the real Troy Tempest... Sure. ...is much better than any fake Troy Tempest. God. Courage, lover boy. Just courage. Hmm. That is quite an image. Troy. Tempest. Troy with Marina on one arm and Atlanta on the other. And he does look quite pleased with himself as well, he might. I also just love looking at that and thinking, you know, Troy, um, Atlanta and Marina, they don't really seem bothered by the fact that the other is a potential rival for their affections. I'm not suggesting a kind of, like, threesome situation or anything, but it's almost like they're aware of the love triangle arrangement and they're okay, you know. 
they're okay with the fact that they each have an, only a 50-50 chance of being the one. Very strange stuff, but the image of Troy looking very smug about the whole situation is quite fun. Anyway, that was Standby for Action. Another corking episode of Stingray. Uh, just wonderful to see them embracing this this film studio idea who wrote this one dennis spooner of course yes another classic from dennis spooner uh just so many nice touches um not only in the visuals but in terms of the story and the fact that this is a series that has become very aware of its almost its own history where it's come from we've come from this group of little plucky little filmmakers who have reached the big time and let's let's tell a story about big time movie making so i thoroughly adore this one i always have there's just so much to love about this particularly johnny Srunara, aka steve zodiac um a very you know very attractive leading man to certain people but He'll never replace the one and only Troy Tempest. And quite right too. Stand by for action. Oh, Amazing. That's very good. Isn't that, that was funny? a good voice? Was it? Yeah, it was great. So I thought what? John Coleshaw had entered the room. Oh, okay. So my my <laughs> so it's twice my removed from the original. sounds like John yes. Coleshaw doing an impression of Okay. Yeah, that's great. Thanks. Anyway, uh, yeah. a bit day timely that that should be standby for action um, when we're you know talking about the concert and all that. Yeah, standby for action and Stingray. Yeah. Considering it's random. Absolutely. Anyway, yeah. love a bit of that. And yeah. uh, if you'd like to hear the live performances of the Stingray theme <gasps> and Aquamarina, then you can order standby for action from the Jerry Anderson store. Nice. <laughs> or from Amazon if you want, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'll do what you want. Whatever. What, whatever. Don't care. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, no, that was great. Thank you, Chris. He'll be back Thanks, next week Chris. with another random episode. Yes, because that's how he rolls. Absolutely. Most random. What else have you got, Dexter, or are we done? Oh, that's it for now, but do get in touch. Podcast at jerryanderson.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, uh, share the link, and join the Facebook group, and hashtag us Jerry Anderson Podcast on Twitter. Great. There you uh, go. And then we'll be back next week in pod 234, which is Oh, should we do lovely. it? Yeah, go on then. I wasn't going to do that, but two, three, yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. I was going to give it a miss next week, but as you mentioned. <laughs> well, you've done 233 so far, so we yeah. might as well carry on. Might as well carry on. Yeah, fine. Okay, see you in 233 plus one. See you then. Bye. Bye. I wonder what mysteries next week will hold. I'll tell you what, actually. What? Just, um, you know what it's going to hold. No, Fab facts, news, part one of an interview, randomizer, contributions from our podstron. Yeah, but all all done with you doing an intro in a random style oh. according to the roll of a dice. Uh, now, um, mm. <laughs> yes, I had a very interesting message on Twitter. Right. Fr- I, mean, I can't say who it's from in case he doesn't agree to do this 
interview, but he is the oh, relative. Oh, it's not Tom Hanks, is it? No, it's not Tom oh, Hanks. But he's the relative of somebody very important who looms large in the world of Anderson. Someone who looms large. Yes. Is that a clue? Yes. Oh, right. Anyway, I think I might know who it is. Yeah. yeah anyway, yeah. so I see. I see. He, he's wow. he's a relative of, um, yeah. and he's, not only is he a relative of this very important figure, yeah. But it, the shows themselves changed yeah. his career path, which he's just retired from. Really Whoa. interesting. Okay. So there's an interesting thing which I right. don't want to say in but case I blow it. <laughs> Great. Okay. Thanks for that. But that's just that's the power of Twitter. This he randomly followed me, and I thought I know that Hello. name, and I looked him up, and I'm like, that is him. Oh. Oh, so, um, nice. There we go. Okay. Great. Good. Have right. you got any secret? Uh, well, no, I gave stuff? you my biggest secret last week. I'm Did not you? going back there again. I got into trouble when I told you about my gerbil. Oh, the gerbil theft. Yes, yes. Oh, so, you dear. know, I've learned my lesson. Yeah, did the, Spe- did the I, coppers turn up in the end? Yeah, I spent the week in the local Nick. Well, quite right, too. Bread and water for breakfast in the morning. Oh, delicious. Still chafes where the handcuffs went. <laughs> oh. Oh, the lesson about that, the better. Time <clears> moved on. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Be a good boy. No thieving. Bye. All right, I'll try. Bye. Honestly, officer, I didn't mean it. You have been listening to the Jerry Anderson Podcast. Wasn't it fun? You have been listening to an Anderson Entertainment production. 